support tag. We are living in a chemical world, and I'm a chemical nondescript person. We are living in a chemical world, and I am a chemical girl. We are living in a chemical world, and I am a chemical girl or boy. We are living in a chemical world, and I am a chemical Good afternoon, and welcome to Chemical World. I am Kenna Crampton, and I am joined in the studio with a lip smacker. <laughs> I think that's great. That's what makes the podcast. Lip smacker Maggie here coming at you. Maggie Seldine, founder and director of High Rockies Harm Reduction, wanting to make Chemical World a more conversational podcast. So I like this. I, I want, and you're turning the sound up on me louder and louder. And yeah, I was just saying before we came on that I love the just little background sounds that people's mouths make on really hot mics, but it's weird to hear it so close <laughs> to my brain. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> super excited to be here with you in the studio today. Um, we are pre-recording as usual, so um, November is always an interesting time to pre-record because the world may be a very different place, even with these local primary elections. We have a lot of sheriff yeah. elections happening in western Colorado, um, So, and some really interesting stuff on the ballot. Uh, and you know, I want to, of course, talk a lot about drugs today. And uh, while I brought it up, of course, by the time this airs, um, decisions will have been made. But we have plant medicine on the ballot this year, and that's pretty mm. exciting. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So in I'm assuming this is Colorado-wide. I know I'm a Garfield County voter, so I don't get to vote in city elections currently. But um, there was, yeah, there's a lot of alcohol retail ballot initiatives this year, um, and there is also a ballot initiative of approving it's like super <laughs> it's always interesting and I was talking to a friend about this like the very specific language that they're using and so mm -hmm. the law refers or the proposition refers to the use of plant medicines adults 21 and older it specifies fungi um, and you know it, it's very interesting being you know a, a drug expert and reading like the very flowery way that they're basically like trying to decriminalize um, therapeutic use of plant medicines, right? And so there is kind of like a capitalist component to, to this initiative as well as many of the alcohol initiatives around um, businesses being able to like make money in different ways. Um, you know, we still have a lot of old blue laws around alcohol here in the state and have been kind of slowly chipping away at those the past decade as we've been parallel battling decriminalization of hallucinogens and cannabis. So I don't know. I was really excited to actually see that on the ballot because obviously there's been a lot happening with plant medicine, specifically in Colorado, psilocybin, MDMA, which if you're not aware, um, I know we did a big episode on this that MDMA has decades um, of history of being used to treat depression and that, that's mm -hmm. actually why it was invented. Yeah. Uh, someone told me that a long, long time ago when I was a teenager and I was so surprised to hear that. Well, it's funny because it kind of makes intuitive sense like MDMA, mm -hmm. ecstasy, you know, Molly, whatever it is. It's a happy drug. It gives you a serotonin dump, right? Yeah. And so the dangers and risks of that are releasing so much serotonin that you, your body can't produce serotonin the right way. But at the same time, for people experiencing, you know, chronic clinical depression, MDMA can help you not feel depressed. Yeah. Pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, and it, that was definitely probably one of the first times that um, the idea that drugs would be used for something other than like 
recreationally or, you know, like in a hospital setting. I mean, it is, I guess it is kind of in a hospital setting when you're using it therapeutically, but I just, uh, it, w- it was just the first time that I really thought of drugs as like, oh, you know, you could use them to like. As medicine. That's such a funny, yeah. that's such a funny. And then like, not all drugs are bad. I, I think like when I was really young, I really thought like drugs were one of the worst things that you could do. Well, and I think it just like illustrates so many interesting concepts in our society, right? Like my brain is like firing in so many directions right now because I'm thinking about, you know, our American centric view of history here in America. Like recently I've been really annoyed when we talk about new age medicine, Mm -hmm. because when you talk about new age medicine, those things have been going on for thousands of years, like meditation, astral projection, plant medicine. uh Humans have been doing these things for thousands of years, if not tens of thousands of years. The new age medicine are things like Bactine and mm-hmm. why can't I think of the word right now? But like Hydrogen antibiotics, oxide. yeah, and, and things like that. Or what does Donnie Darko say? Like the best invention of the 20th century is penicillin, right? Oh. Like that's new age medicine. And then it's funny too what you're saying about like, and this is kind of one of my life's mission is how we talk about drugs, right? Because we compartmentalize drug use. I recently shared a story on High Rockies Home Reduction social media about how I once told a group of people I was screening a film I'd made about my mother and her overdose and death and and really the drug raid that happened at our house and things before her death. With the song Hurt? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, which was an award-winning film um, and (laughs) featured in Best of Fest at Aspen, whatever. But regardless... um, I was doing a screening of that film and it was like for students and mm-hmm. I was 17 at the time okay. but I had been out of high school for several years and these were like all high school students so honestly like probably my age but they asked like based on your experiences like what do you think about doing drugs right mm-hmm. and I said I would never do drugs because of what happened to me drugs are bad blah 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 mm-hmm. meanwhile I'm like looking like crap can barely talk because I've been up smoking foilies all night I'm on like a week-long Adderall <laughs> bender I see these kids while I'm wasted at jazz in the park later that week and they're like oh we thought you were straight edge and I'm like no I just don't do heroin is what <laughs> I meant when I said I don't do drugs right oh, uh-huh. and then like but when I when people say like I don't use drugs or whatever, like now my mind goes off in all these directions. Of course, I always talk about caffeine, nicotine, you know, even like sugar and MSG and the the chemicals that w- we have really addictive relationships with really unhealthy foods in our society, right? But that I was raised, and I think you and I were raised like pretty similarly. Obviously, like in Carbondale, Colorado, is a pretty unique place, and with kind of like more of a naturalist background, right? And so for me, like. I don't do drugs, right? Like I don't I, – I never think to take something like Pepto-Bismol or Tums. Like I'm a chronic pain patient, so I take a lot of ibuprofen because I've learned that that's the only thing that helps my pain at all. You know, cannabis, opiates, Tylenol. Like ibuprofen is one of the only things that works for me, which is like – a huge struggle in the pain community is finding something that works that doesn't cause other problems, right? But my point being that like – I've injected heroin, I've smoked crack, but I'm not taking no Pepto-Bismol. That's whack. That's weird, <laughs> right? Like, it's just not how my mind works. Like, yeah. I take drugs <laughs> for certain purposes, but never mm-hmm. as, like, healing medicine, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of – I yeah, same here, like, I, like antibiotics and stuff. I mean, I take them for, like, very specific types of infections, like – in your mouth and face where it's like it could get very right. dangerous, you know, but like there are exceptions. other than that, like I don't usually. And um, I, 
but yeah, I just I don't I. This is a little bit off topic, but so like similar. It was just I was just thinking about when like the first time I um, realized when someone told me that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds um, was like LSD, mm. and I was I was just like blown away that the Beatles would have done drugs <laughs> because like to me like they were so like good and you know like that was like some of my favorite bands and I was so little and like to me like drugs were bad and you said no to drugs and like you know at that moment in my life and I was like but why would they do drugs they're good people you know like and I think that that's what I think is so troublesome is that like that at any point in time I was told that people who do drugs are bad when it's like that's just not true at all you right. know well, and, and like maybe maybe addict maybe being an addict you do things that are bad you know i mean then there's always we always have to make the distinction between there aren't bad people there are bad acts you know but um anyway sorry that was just like it blew my mind like the beatles no they're good people they don't do drugs and like and of course now looking back like uh yeah they did <laughs> but the true irony of that adorable story to me is that that's a big part of why i to this day I don't know if I can even say this. Uh, this is the thing that I'm going to get all the angry calls about. <laughs> I don't like the Beatles. And oh, uh. part of that is because when I was younger, I didn't like hallucinogenic drugs. And even though, even like I'm an everyday pot smoker, right? And I have been for decades. I don't like when people are like super open about, and it's weird, right? Like I have struggles with my own like hypocrisies and judgments and stuff, right? Mm -hmm, but so like mm -hmm. I didn't like that the Beatles were open hallucinogenic users. Like even at a young age, I was like, losers? Like what the heck <laughs> is that about? And now obviously, so I shared this great meme the other day that was like, me at age 19, I hope these mushrooms mess me up. Me at age 29, I hope these mushrooms heal me. Uh -huh. And it's like so much like, why are we taking the drug? What is the set and mm -hmm, setting? And mm -hmm. so going back to that bill, it's interesting because we're talking about plant medicine, right? So what does that mean? We're talking about psilocybin. We're talking about peyote. But are we talking about LSD? that's derived from mold? Are we talking about MDMA that's kind of more a synthetic compound, right? Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm, I'm just mm -hmm. excited to see these conversations opening up more and more. We're so lucky to be in Colorado. Um, I am like an avid, you know, abolitionist and decriminalizationist. I believe that that's how we truly fix these problems. And for those of you out there who, so I was looking at these YouTube comments the other day and this person was like, well, we need to follow the law. And I'm like, okay, but what if the law is not right? Like that's the reality here in a lot of these situations. And I want to, before I forget, get back to another point, but I would just say for those of you who disagree with me on decriminalization, when we had alcohol prohibition in the United States, there was mass organized crime related mm -hmm. to the distribution of alcohol. Also, the alcohol you could get was hard liquor. It was less safe. It was more dangerous. It was more intense because it was similar to fentanyl, more bang for your buck to transport a lot of liquor, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. like a lot, like five times as much beer or whatever. And mm -hmm. it was easier to produce all these things, right? When prohibition was lifted, all that crime went away, mm -hmm. right? So like decriminalization is the goal, I, I, in my personal belief. And so I'm excited to see these conversations. Um, I feel like I lost the point. But the ultimate thing I really <laughs> wanted to talk about today was um, I had an experience last week where um, a friend of mine in the community came up to me. Um, I was out at a bar doing karaoke. I don't drink, but I love karaoke. And my friend came up to me and they said, hey, anti-drug lady, 
which is what I want to talk about. But my favorite part was, hey, anti-drug lady, do you have any weed? <laughs> and the answer was yes. Yes, I do have weed. Um, but I was because like. <laughs> you're not the anti-drug lady. Yes, so. thank you. No, thank you for, for yeah. It, it, my, it was like. I, I'm a huge, you know, person out there in our community talking about mental health and recovery and harm reduction and all of these things. And oh, so the, sorry, but the point I was trying to make is like all, everything we're talking about is an illustration of the hypocrisy and contradiction of our society, which is that the United States was founded by people who were so puritanical that Europe was like, this is too much, right? Mm -hmm. They came to the United States so that they could be as puritanical as they wanted, right? So we are an extremely puritanical society rooted in that, and yet we're the world's number one opioid users. Sex sells. We're, we're pushing sex and drugs and rock and roll constantly, and yet our society is constantly saying like that that's wrong and that people who do those things are bad and that, that, and that even some – times really often drives us into the arms of these things even more. So it's like we naturally have a lot of hypocratic, hypocritical <laughs> um, contradictions happening in our mind because also like our human values are not in line with this capitalist society that we're living in. So it's very difficult. And so that is also part of why people see me out there and they think I'm anti-drug lady because they're not used to non-abstinence-based recovery. And I'm here to tell you, and I hope to do a TED Talk on this, and I hope to talk a lot about this, that sobriety is not the goal of recovery. I am not the anti-drug lady. I am the pro-drug lady. Mm -hmm. I believe that everyone does drugs and that there should not be a distinguisher between the millionaire who uses opioids for their pain, whether it's emotional or physical, and the unhoused person who uses opioids for their pain, whether it's mm -hmm. emotional and physical, between the person using MDMA for truly therapeutic pur purposes and the person using LSD on the weekend or on a Tuesday mm -hmm. to just be in a different plane, right? Like whether it's using caffeine to wake up in the morning or melatonin to go to bed at night, mm -hmm. we are a drug-based culture and I want to reduce – these barriers and these hypocritical judgments that we all – hypocritical. Why do I keep saying that wrong? Because it's a difficult thing. <laughs> words are very difficult. Words are hard <laughs> and words are important, but intention and tonality and mm -hmm. body language are more important. <laughs> that's a whole nother – that's a whole nother TED Talk. Um, <laughs> but – yeah, that I'm here because I know that people do drugs, that mm -hmm. everyone does drugs, and everyone has the right to decide their own destiny, right? Like, despite all the flaws of America, we have some cool human rights written in to our societal value system, right? We're not the best at respecting those rights. <laughs> We're not the best at holding true to those rights, although we will die by them and refuse to change them. Um, but, you know, we do have, even though... I don't believe that it was really written with the right intent, this concept that, you know, every person has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of freedom and yeah. justice, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the right to autonomy over your own body. Like, if we don't have that, we don't have anything, which let's not get into that conversation. But yeah. as far as the right to use drugs, like, everything I'm here to do is so that people can use drugs safely 
And so that people can realize that, like, when I say sobriety isn't the goal of recovery, like, I'm abstinent from alcohol. That mm-hmm. is a very important part of my recovery. I do not want to drink alcohol. I don't believe I should be drinking alcohol. I 100% respect that a lot of people out there cannot and should not drink alcohol, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's a really insidious drug, and it destroys our bodies and our minds and the, the lives of everyone around us in a lot of cases when we don't have control. And that's, again, like we're talking about body autonomy. Do you have autonomy over your body if you feel out of control with yeah. this substance, right, or whatever? Mm-hmm. So my point being that sobriety or abstinence from certain chemicals can certainly be a part of your recovery and maybe should be, but that that's not enough that's treating a symptom and not the cause. And I feel like I would, you know, I've had the hardest, 2022 has been hands down the hardest year of my life. And I really got into this place of, well, I'm never going to have fun again. I never liked live music. I never liked doing any of these things. I never liked my friends. I just liked drinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I had this experience of, so I went to the National Harm Reduction Conference in Puerto Rico, and it was amazing and all these things. And I won't bore you, but basically like, I was wrong. I do love live music. (laughs) I do love friends and people and my family and, you know, different relationships have different challenges, but I want to work on being the best person I can be. And not drinking has been a huge part of that, but it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And ketamine, using ketamine has been a huge part of my recovery. Using cannabis begrudgingly has been a huge part of my recovery. I drink caffeine like crazy. I smoke cigarettes or nicotine like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, And it's just interesting to me because I've worked in this field of quote-unquote recovery or whatever it is for so long and I work with so many amazing people and you know I have so much respect for the abstinence-based recovery community especially here in Carbondale the faith-based communities you know I I work with law enforcement I work with people at all levels people are people Um, and there's some amazing work being done in this valley but what really catches me up is I'm like okay I get like nicotine and caffeine aren't as bad as meth and heroin or whatever right Uh cannabis isn't as bad as alcohol and so my point is like I just talk with a lot of people and I see like very few people can really do this thing whether it's the right thing to do or not where they can just quit everything right all the addictions like and and I've said this before and I'll say it again too but like addiction is so much a mental thing that it's it's like the substance is one thing right like even drinking na beer it's like I'm still fulfilling that addictive pathway right Mm -hmm. or like I'll I've said this before too I'll like do a puzzle and I'll do it for like eight hours until I can't see straight and like my Mm -hmm. my neck hurts right Mm -hmm. it's like that's not healthy yeah (laughs) and it's not about like yeah I'm not but I'm not out drinking and hurting people so it is better (laughs) yeah but it's still like that addiction is still there and I still need to work on or like god I love my homegirl says um I'm sober from meth alcohol bad men and hip-hop music uh-huh. and somebody asked me once like do you have music that triggers you and at the moment I couldn't even realize I, I'm in the middle of like a punk rock relapse right now because I'm like oh yeah a lot of music I haven't listened to for like 10 years because I can't listen to it because yeah. it's so triggering yeah totally and I knew that there's a lot of punk about drinking and stuff and I'm like I can't listen to that anymore because I just can't even like get excited about it like yeah. that's all the content is it's like drink 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 yeah and sometimes like punk especially for me personally it's like sometimes it's not even as much about like the content of the songs as much of like just that feeling that I get when I hear it of like 
that feeling that I got when I was a kid, you know, and like that is triggering, you know, and like sometimes it's a good feeling of like, yeah, I can be angry and that's okay. And then other times it's like, oh, I remember where I was when I heard this song Mm -hmm. and that was a really bad situation and I don't want to be back there. So, I mean, it's sometimes it's just like the music itself, like that band or whatever, but... Yeah. Well, and I'm running on four years of sobriety from alcohol. And like, I needed that to even get to a place where I feel like I can seriously work on my mental health issues. And I'm like, not even close, right? So abstinence from certain substances can most definitely be a part of recovery, but it's not the only part, right? And it's okay to use other psychotropic medications as part of your recovery. Uh, before we go, I want to just ask, what is, uh, I think there's an anniversary of yours coming up in the near future. Is oh, that yeah. correct? So, I, well, and that's when you said four years, I was like, oh, is that how, I, I told somebody <laughs> the other day that it would be three years in December. So that's how far off I am. But you're right, it is going to be four years, I think December 4th. So thank Yay! you. Yeah, so because we won't. <laughs> Be on the air again before December 4th. I want to say a very happy four (laughs) years of sobriety from alcohol to my wonderful Kenna Crampton. (laughs) Thank you for that. I just wanted to say something on the heels of what you were saying about uh, just the different addictions and, you know, and how like doing the puzzle for eight hours, like it's still not necessarily healthy, but it's not as bad as what you could be doing if you were out drinking. And I think that what we end up doing or at least what I end up doing a lot is like weighing the pros and cons of certain things you know and because I do get that feeling a lot with certain substances that I use like caffeine for sure like I go through phases where it's just like 10 cups a day where I'm just like drinking all day long and then there's other times where I'm under control and I'm like all right two cups a day that's all I really need (laughs) depending on the time but and so I just think that that's kind of how you end up looking at life, especially when you're in recovery. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about being in recovery is that you have the, uh, like, I don't want to say language because that's not really what I'm trying to say, but you can look at your life and say, okay, this isn't working for me right now. Like, there's, like, I can't be drinking too much coffee. Like, I can't go to sleep. So I'm I'm losing sleep because I'm drinking too much coffee and like so something's got to give, you know. So, mm-hmm. And I don't think that people necessarily get that if they're not in recovery, you know. I mean, I mean that's not necessarily true. I know people are constantly like, oh, sober October or whatever, and that's how they keep themselves in check, you know. And I think that's okay if, you know, you're able to drink all right throughout the year and then you take a month off. Like, good for you and, you know, whatever works for you. And I think that that's all that we're ever getting at is that – just find what makes you happy and run with it. Yes. And I want to <laughs> say, you know, for me, I've just – and this is like a constant work in progress and I'm so inspired by other people out there in the field and, you know, other harm reductionists both professionally and personally. But for me, it's like I'm in recovery from trauma, mm-hmm. not addiction. Addiction is a symptom of all of my trauma and how I cope and like – I have hounded myself like you have to quit smoking weed, you have to quit smoking weed, you have to quit smoking cigarettes, all these things. And sometimes I just stop and remind myself like you have come so far, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to celebrate like I don't drink anymore, right? Or like I haven't used cocaine in so long or all all these things, you know? And like even if I use cocaine tomorrow, like that's still a big success that like I haven't been for a while and then I probably won't for a while. Like it's just – 
celebrating the little things and sometimes literally like just getting up every day and surviving is a huge victory. And like I'm really – I know it's like – intimidating when somebody has like a success story because when you're in your depression you're like yeah that's never going to happen to me right but I do feel compelled to share that this entire year I have been extremely suicidal extremely depressed extremely just pessimistic about the fact that I would ever be able to receive any relief from my anxiety and depression and I've been doing ketamine and I feel like I have been working on my recovery for 10 years, um, even though only four of that, right, is alcohol sobriety, my recovery from trauma. Like it's been a 10-year mission and I feel like finally like a key has turned and they're always telling you like you have to do the work. Like you can't just do the ketamine. You can't just do the therapy. You can't just do the SSRIs. You have to do the work. What is the work? I still don't know, but I will say that for me doing the work was – doing something for me that I was afraid to do because I knew it was going to be better for me in the long run. And that was going to Puerto Rico, right? And like being able to link up with my people and find my tribe there. And, you know, the internet can be a scary and terrible place, but it's beautiful because when you do live in a rural community or you feel isolated, like you can still find your tribe there. And I've actually found a lot of solace in that this year. One other quick kind of contradiction in recovery that I've come across recently is like we always or I always felt like, you know, don't try to change anybody. You can't change for somebody else. People have to change for themselves. You can't force somebody into sobriety, which I agree with. But I also like you're not going to change for yourself when you are in the bowels of depression and addiction. Like that is not enough, right? You, I mean, in my experience, you hate yourself. You are deep in depression and just you is not is barely enough to get out of bed in the day. And so also when I talk about, you know, all these perspectives of how to support people through active use. People just need love and people do need somebody to hold their hand and somebody to love them, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So I am very excited that for our December episode, I will be interviewing my friend Nate. Nathan Smitty has been doing a lot of amazing advocacy and education work as well as boots on the ground outreach and just unhoused support in San Diego. He's a huge Narcan advocate, been talking a lot about fentanyl recently. So very excited to have an interview with him in December. Be sure to follow Narcan Nate on Instagram to learn more about the great work he's doing. And you can also follow High Rockies Harm Reduction on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with what I'm up to this winter. And don't forget to also follow Katie and Kay on Instagram and Facebook and visit katieandkay.org for all sorts of programming, music, news, and any Chemical World shows you may have happened to miss. Thank you. And stay tuned for Chemical World on December 12th at 4.30 p.m. Take care, and remember, you don't have to be sober to keep your community clean. Drugs may come and drugs may go, and that's all right, you see. Experience has made me rich, and now I can use safely. It might be beer, it might be dope, it may even be caffeine. But we all have a little something that keeps us on our feet. What's important is being safe and stopping the spread of disease. You do not 
don't have to be sober to keep your community clean Cause we are living in a chemical world And I am a chemical girl Or boy, we are living in a chemical world And I am a chemical gender nondescript We are living in a chemical world And I am a chemical We are living in a chemical world